So a couple of readings, because need to know the scriptural foundation from which we can kick off this morning. First one, Psalm 40, verse 7 and 8. Okay, Psalm 40, verse 7 and 8. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. If you're in the habit of underlining, that's one verse you could underline. Okay, the New Testament parallel to this is Hebrews chapter 10, please. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Hold on to that verse very dearly this morning because there has to be a shift for you and me to take away the first, which is the natural, and move on to the second, which is supernatural. Okay, John 12, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and verse 49. Okay, John 12, and verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, Jesus said, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. What I should say and what I should speak. The important word here is the command. It's not an opinion from the Father. It's not a request from the Father to the Son. It's a command. Go and say this. Okay, go and say the Beatitudes. Okay, it's a command. Okay, keep that in mind. John 5 and verse 30, please. Okay, John 5 verse 30. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Okay, John 8. Please turn to John 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. It will make sense when I go through the teaching. Finally, Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account 
let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Now, that is our base text. Now, may I ask you, with the person that you're sitting next to, just call on to the Lord and just say, God, give me grace to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying this morning. Can I request you to do that now, just for a second, please? Pray with each other. Okay? Is that okay? It's very important. You know what happens when we pray before we listen to the word? We shift our position from trying to become familiar with the word. Or familiar by saying, oh, it's a message time. No, this is not your message time. You're the message. You're only coming to a point of saying, okay, Lord, to whom will I be the messenger if you're making? See, every time we listen to the word of God, he's converting us into be a message. He's not converting us to be a messenger. So when you get the message at the right time and you are the message, what happens? You can go into any situation and you are the messenger. Is it okay? Right? So today, if you remember last week what I said, we're going to see desire, determination, destiny. Desire, determination, and destiny. See, Jesus, our Lord himself, had a desire. It's slightly different, but from us, and we're getting used to that, we are going on to that track, but he had a different desire. And the desire is, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. It's a totally different desire. Jesus eats something. We have gone all the way, the disciples says, we bought food for you to eat. No, my food is different. They said, did anybody bring him food? He said, my meat, bracket, my desire. And if I can just expand it for us to get a hold of it, not that we haven't got a hold of it, is my burning desire. Every morning I get up and I run to him, my burning desire, what is your will? Please show me the open heaven, what are you doing? And you see, the prayer life of Jesus, I believe was like this, he went to the Father in the morning and heavens were open and God showed him, I'm healing Bartimaeus. I'm healing the ten lepers, God showed him that. Can I be like Papa Jonathan? You don't mind? Is it okay, Pastor Lynn, to be like Papa Jonathan to what he says? Okay? Even if you don't understand, just say yes. <laughs> because I don't do anything what I have not seen him doing. So every miracle, every sign, every demon driven out, Father God already did it in heaven. He said, now go and do this. And he said, the more I see what makes me run daily because the desire is growing on one realm to do thy will of God. You see, when you talk about passion, Jesus had two 
two things about himself. This had was passion towards God, and he was able to use that passion to people by showing them compassion. Please don't misunderstand. Jesus was never passionate about the Jews. Did I drop a bomb? <laughs> because Jesus is not communal minded. He was never a Jew. He's God's son. He's God himself. He said, okay. But here was Jesus, because he knew, if I don't show compassion, and what was the compassion? Read the New Testament. What was the compassion? He was so compassionate because he saw these people are without a shepherd. So the passion that drove Jesus was they needed a shepherd. And because he was the shepherd and he was able to go with that passion and say, hey, you need to know, I did not initially love you. That's the second bomb for you tonight, this evening, this morning. Jesus didn't love us. Jesus didn't love us, and that's why he came to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus didn't say, hey, Father, Father, I'm itching, I'm itching, I'm jumping, I'm jumping, send me to heaven, send me to heaven. I want to go to people, I love people. He never said that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He said, okay, no, hold on to this because it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, it's okay, then it's nonsense. You know what is Nonsense. There's no sense in it. I'll connect this with desire, determination, and destiny because at the end of it, you will know by today your destiny, part of your destiny. It all begins with desire. And all desire has to flow from Christ. See, that's why he was walking. Let me give you a few examples as it's coming. He was walking and here poor Bartimaeus shouting, shouting, son of David, have mercy on me, son of David. Disciple, shut up, man. And here is Jesus walking, crowds are following, son of David, have mercy on me, stop. Disciple, what? Stop. Somebody shouted. Somebody screamed. Somebody use that name which is above every name. Son of God, have mercy on you. You saw the compassion? And you saw the passion turned around. What do you want? I want to see. Be it done. If we can hear the cry of people in the midst of a noisy world, that they, they are crying for Jesus. Only thing they do not know to spell that name. They do not know to pronounce that name. The only thing they can say is that anybody who can hear me is equivalent to Jesus, Son of God. Have mercy on me. Can you pick that up, prophetic people? 
And once a cry comes in the name of Jesus, we heal, they'll be healed. There are certain things that Sarah has been relating to some of you as a ladies, and she's coming and sharing with me, and one case she said, and from the time she said, I said, okay, let's pray for this. There has to be a download. There has to be a download. I said, Father, can you let me know what I need to know that you will bring deliverance or healing in this situation? And immediately it came. Because these people are crying. You see? And this lady was only sharing with Sarah normally. But if you can hear, yes. there's a deep cry. Yeah. I mean, if somebody just shares with you, they're not just sharing with you. And do you know, they're not even sharing initially because you're caring. And I've learned this in this 49 years following Jesus, that actually they are crying. I mean, if you only listen to me, that's enough for me. Lend me your ears. I'm not expecting great things from you, but immediately God unravels it. And I'll be sharing this week with this lady what the Holy Spirit has put into my heart in terms of revelation. Because it's a cry. Oh God, help us. And that is why the two of you, you will hear the cry as you enter into the senior citizen home. You'll hear different cries. And I'm telling you, amazing things will happen as you would respond to the cry. Okay? Now here we go. Applying to us. Have you noticed as soon as we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to pour out the love of God, the grace of God, and the call of God in our lives? For your own sake, can you say yes, please, and encourage me? Thank you. You know, we preachers need encouragement, you know. Okay. Okay. Have you noticed, as we get involved in worship and fellowship with the body of Christ, suddenly there's an urge that emerges to help out in the yeah. body of Christ. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Hey, excuse me, Pastor Julian, can I do this? Uh, can I put the books away? Uh, can, 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 can I put away the chair? You know, just voluntarily you begin to do that's a new desire of serving that comes from Christ. Yeah. Because you have come to Christ. Is it okay? That's how we always start, right? And then you begin to see, wow, wow, what is happening? All the happenings in the body of Christ, wow. Hey, there's so many things going on. Hey, listen, all the announcements made by this lady this morning. She's just saying all the happenings. Okay, we're not excited anyway. <laughs> All the happenings. And did you notice she did not in any way, neither did David, force you to join the FM or to join whatever they said. But they say, hey, it's buzzing. It's buzzing. A lot of things are buzzing around. And suddenly you'll find there's a kind of a urge. And can I rephrase that vocabulary? There's a desire. Yeah. 
Beck was sharing last week about the eye. I don't know how many of you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll join that. That's the grace of God that is beginning to work in your life. Okay? That's God's desire. And you get in, what happens? You know you're doing the right thing. Please, with all humility, can I tell you, don't get involved in anything that you don't like or you don't desire. Okay? Now, I'm very happy this morning that both Pastor Lynn and Pastor uh, Julian, they had a kind of a pastoral laugh, anyway, to what I just now said. It means volumes to me. You see, usually we volunteer to be functional with the skill sets and the gifts we have. Yes? Okay. And none of us are experts in our skills, correct? But we volunteer. And you notice here, soon, with this manner of function, we begin to have, the more we get involved, a growing desire to do more, to do more. Is there anything more I can do? Is there anything more I can do? Is there anything more I can do? You know, what is the litmus test for your desire? When after all you're done, not even a cup of coffee is given to you. Now you can laugh. Sometimes, you know, we're very cheeky. Uh, Pastor Lynn, uh, you, you feel like coffee? She says, no. Oh, okay. And she said, hey, listen, you want coffee? Go and make it yourself. Oh, that's the way it works in this church. Now, I'm still encouraged this gentleman is saying, yes, yes, somebody must say, you're right, Jeremy. Are there some of the stairs you're giving to me, I will go six feet down. <laughs> if looks could kill. Now, once you do this, more and more, you'll begin to see that your leaders, okay, will bring you into a team and they will begin to channelize your skills and your gifts. And when they channelize, you'll begin to see that they don't ask you to create the channel. Because the channel is already there in the body of Christ. They just put you there. And once you go there, oh, so you also know this. Oh, oh you also know this. Oh, you also know this. Yeah. You know, when God puts us to like-minded skill set, it's just to show us in humility that we will be humble. You are not the know-it-all. Yeah. A little bit discouraging, but that's okay. Yeah. That was a loud yay from your pastor. It means a lot to me. <laughs> He's revealing himself in your presence. And then you'll begin to see that as they channelize, and as they streamline you into your gifts and your skills, suddenly they'll come in a very gentle way. Can we have some coffee? Be careful. Because when we leaders say, oh, David will be good to have coffee, oops, something is wrong. <laughs> Because three of you are sitting, can we have coffee with you? Hmm? They have singled us out. 
because they take you, make you sit down, and the most loving way, they discipline you. <laughs> I like David's laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do not know, because I'm very good in body language. I teach a lot of body language. You're revealing yourself. Thank you so much for being transparent. Why do they discipline? Why do they discipline? So that you can grow in your devotion to the call of God in your life. Yes. And when you grow in devotion, what happens? Automatically, even without you and me knowing, development takes place, further development. The big word development, the, another word is maturity. See, because our desire needs to be channelized into his maturity. That is why I, what is maturity for Jesus? I do not do. Yeah. I do not say anything of my own accord or do anything of my own accord, yeah. but my maturity as he's been disciplining me from 18 years, 12 years to 30, 18 years, he's been disciplining me. He's been disciplining me. Why? To get my devotion. And now I say, here I've come. Yeah. What I've come? Listen to this carefully. Because this text we know so well, but we are most of the time we live it out of the context. Here I've come. Suddenly there's a knowledge. When you're locked on to your father in heaven, suddenly there's a knowledge, hey, what is happening is already written about me. Because even before you and I were formed of a mother's womb, he has planned it all. He has written it all. Do you know the amazing thing about Father God and heaven is, once we are born, he doesn't say, a oh, Holy Spirit editorial committee. Can you start editing? <laughs> I think I made a mistake in heaven before they were born. No. Once written, is written. Yeah. Is that okay? Yes. In this discipline, what's the end result? Hebrews 12, please. Hebrews 12, from verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. If you end your chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Please jump to verse 10. Or verse 11, sorry. Or no, end of verse 10. But he, for our prophet, that we may be partakers of his holiness. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present. But painful, nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Yeah. Discipline is a military terminology, and the discipline that is being administered in the military is called training. Yeah. See, 
The word of God is very clear. Yeah, who likes to be disciplined? Any volunteer? I'm not raising my hand. Okay. He says, it's painful, yes. See, we have to be very realistic in our response or reaction when we are disciplined. It's okay. It's okay for us to go and say to the leaders or whoever you are under to say, hey, that was hard, man. Yeah. Or to go and say, Pastor Lynn, is there another way you can communicate to me? You know, the way you say it, what you're saying. I agree to what you're saying. What you're saying, Pastor Lynn, is 100%. You know, the delivery, the delivery. Can I give you some envelope of love? <laughs> and give it to me in that envelope. Hey, listen, I'm a soft skill senior trainer. The last company I worked in, in India, I was the director of learning and development. I've told Pastor Brian Graham, I want to introduce to you soft skill training together with already what you have. So it'll be biblical plus soft skill. When we start the Bible school, it'll run in parallel. And soft skill, the first thing that teeth is Okay, what is the personal personality temperament you have? What is the kind of brain function you have? Are your left brain predominantly or a right brain? Because the left brain thinks differently. The right brain thinks differently. The left brain is very meticulous. The right brain is very creative. And what happens when we get married and she is a right brain and I'm a left brain? That's how we are. Sarah's very right brain, very creative, very artistic. One day I thought to myself, after five years of getting married, okay, you want to hear it? No, I'm talking to you. Thank you. I said, does this lady think only she could draw? I took a sheet of paper, A4 sheet, took a pencil, Tim, and I said, I will just copy her, and I tried to draw. Hey, I used my children's crayons. I put the clouds, I put the green grass, and I drew some sheep and a shepherd, and Sarah came and said, what is this? <laughs> and here, me, with my limited knowledge, I said, you should have artistic eyes. He said, yes, this looks worse than a one-year-old. Then she said, you want to be an artist? Yes. So she took another sheet of paper, gave me a pencil, said, draw a straight line. David, I want to confess one of my sins. Till today, I cannot draw a straight line. <laughs> so I knew immediately, man, Jeremy, you're not an artist. Just forget it. <laughs> Just appreciate your wife is an artist. Am I communicating here? Yeah. I want to be real. But the discipline comes. And I need to know, I need to understand what is her temperament, what is his temperament, how do they think. Temperament analysis reveals your value system, okay, your communication, also your thought processes. I am a neuro-linguistic science certified internationally. How do I think? If I need to understand how she thinks, I need to listen to how she speaks. 
because the way she speaks gives me understand how she thinks. Now, if I get that right with the person I'm submitted to, it'll be heaven on earth, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. Is that okay? Right. Yeah. Determination. Determination has three components, and we'll go through that. My attitude, my attributes, my aptitude. Let me repeat. Determination, my attitudes, my at attributes, my aptitude. Everything begins with attitude. Okay. You remember the B attitude? If you take out six alphabets, just for the sake of our understanding, we don't have a whiteboard to show you. If you take six alphabets, it is B at it. B be at it. Now, when you work at that attitude, you be at it, you be at it, you be at it, you be at it. And if you remove the at, what does it say? Again, everybody. You can't be at it if you're not being at it. You can't be it if you're not at it. Is it okay? See, the whole thing about us in Christ is to change attitude. Hey, listen, I have a good news for you and me. We can't change the attitude. Why? Philippians 2 said, hey, you can adapt and adopt to the attitude like Christ. We can. Hallelujah, we can. Yeah. It's not irksome. It's not painful. It's not a back-breaking job. Have this attitude. Hello? Am I communicating? It is not get this attitude. It is not buy this attitude. But have. And that have is what we saw last week. How you position yourself. Hey, this is my attitude. I want to have the attitude of Christ. Let me give you the definition, and I'll go to attributes. Attitude is a feeling or a settled way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. Let me repeat. A feeling or a settled way of thinking that affects a behavior. Now, I don't have a kind of an approval from Pastor Julian. Okay, change your attitude. Change your behavior. Can I request you? If for you to change the behavior, please don't disturb the Holy Spirit. Please change my behavior. He won't. Because if he comes, then there's nothing about you. You need not do anything. <laughs> Can I take some liberties? If that is so, you'll become a spoiled brat. Do you notice everything in the scripture about change has to do with your decision and mine? My attributes. Attribute is defined as quality of characteristic of a person. 
See, I need to understand each individual. Here are these parents of three. All three say, hey, this is very interesting. I, I'm getting the best out of it. You're not getting best because you're sitting behind them. I'm getting the best. Hey, yes, Heidi. <laughs> oh, I tell you. I tell you the way the mother sees it and the way the father sees it. Are you like your brother? Do you like to be like your brother? <laughs> then you sweet one. Okay. <laughs> They're not the same. Hey, please tell me, Pastor Julian and Heidi, please tell me, do you handle three of them the same way? All our three children, Sarah used to call them rascals. <laughs> the elder fellow, when Sarah goes to discipline him, she'll catch him and just raise her hand, uh, Pastor uh, Liz, uh, Lynn, not Liz, and this fellow, ah, 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 she, she just raised her hand. He'll bring the whole roof down. She hasn't even touched him. The second fellow, we thought, you know, he, he's a macho guy. We tried to, Sarah named him Andrew because in Greek, Andrew being manly, and he's like a man, okay? Right? And we tried to hit him, hit him. So, mm, mm, hit. Then we thought to ourselves, oh my goodness, this hitting doesn't work with Andrew. <laughs> and Christine, whatever our daughter Christine Sarah says, she can say anything. She can be angry, Christine. <laughs> so let me go backwards. But for Christine, if daddy says something which is disapproving, oh, the whole world comes down. The whole world is broken up. Daddy said it. The same thing mommy said. Yeah. And for Andrew, we both, because I was doing child psychology that time, we both understood nothing. Stand in that corner for five minutes. Torture <laughs> is worse than being tortured for Christ. <laughs> Fellow is so fidgety. And today, Sarah and I are jumping with our granddaughter. He's saying, she's only three. Oh, mama. So Sarah said, yes, <laughs> I do not know how you and dad put up with me. <laughs> so Sarah says, pay back time, son. <laughs> and with Johnny, because he unnecessarily raises his voice just by lifting up. So with Johnny, how do we discipline him? Sit down, reason out with him. Talk it out with him. It's all different. Is it okay, Pastor Julian? It's all different. Now, I need to understand that I have to work according to the aptitudes that we have. Is it okay? Yes. No, no, sorry. Yeah. According to, no, the attributes we have. Is it okay? Which determines behavior pattern. That's what your leaders are doing. To some people, come, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. To some, hey, get on to the job. They know... When they tell you, hey, get out of the job, they know you will get out of the job. But if they turn around and say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, this fellow will, you know, will think to himself, I'm not worried. <laughs> because you need to know his attribute, his characteristics. Is that okay? Yeah. 
Now, this is just giving you a feelers. You know why? Because I'm a very good marketing person, David. I'm just giving you feelers. And the marketing is, there's more to say. Come and join my course. Finally, for determination, my aptitude. It'll be good. Now, can I have some raising of hands, please? How many of you in the last six months have done your SWOC analysis, discovering your strength, weakness, opportunity, and challenges? Okay, let me be American. SWOT analysis. When I say SWOC, you're SWOC. Okay, sorry. The older word is SWOT analysis. They removed the alphabet T because it stands for threats. And they use the alphabet C that stands for challenges. So how many of you in the last six months have done SWOC analysis? Don't feel embarrassed. Last one year. Last two years. You have a sheet of paper? As big as this? Yeah, have you? I can use that. Uh, you want to sign up for the courses that I'm offering? No, come on, man. Be, be humorous. I'm trying to make you laugh. <laughs> because it is good for us to know, because every six months, nine months to a year, we begin to realize our strength increases. And also, when we work on our weakness, we transfer it to our strength, more strength. The more strength you have, the more opportunities you have. And then when you have these opportunities because based on your strength, and if you have some challenges, who put the challenges? Who do you think put challenges for you? Okay, stop being religious, being human beings. All of us are human beings. We're not in the spirit. Who put challenges for you? See, your son is sitting too close behind Julian because he just went to heaven and came back and he said, God. Oh, just Can you give God a break today? Thank you. Can you give God a break for a few minutes? Okay. Be realistic. Who put challenges for you and me? <laughs> carry on, carry on. Loud, loud. For their sake, for their sake. Me. For their sake. Me. All of you agree? Okay. Let me tell you, there are three responses in India. You have to get used to this. In India, this means yes. This means no. Now guess, what this means? Come on, Amy, what this means? Hmm? What this means? Okay, let me repeat. This means? This means? This means? Whatever. Okay, please, please, please understand. If me or I put the challenges, answer me, who can remove the challenges? Aha. Uh, he's already certified for my course. <laughs> this is to certify that Pastor Julian has participated in the soft skill training and excelled. <laughs> See, most of the time, limitations are put by us. Yeah. Yeah. And we are very funny people. Can I use American terminology? 
Why they are not responding, Pastor Lin, when I said, can I use American term, all of them again? <coughs> uh, thank you. We are such freaks. See, we come to Christ, we understand, we have a God, the Father, who is an unlimited God. We have a Christ who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. And yet we are so limited with challenges. So we limit ourselves. You see, every prophetic word that came this morning is increasing and expanding what you're already doing. You think these two are not relating in their level to senior people? Yes or no? Yes or no? You're friendly with the rest of them? <laughs> They must be handling somebody. And they've been in whatever way they can do it. And now what happens is God will expand. That's where the prophetic word comes. That's where the prophetic word comes for her. Is it okay? No, I like that. What Lila said. What she said? What she said, sir? Amen. No, no, what she said. Yeah, amen. No, no, what she said. La, la. Which is far better than saying, Jeremy, shut up. <laughs> is it okay? Finally, my aptitude. Aptitude is the natural ability to do something, get involved in some activity. It's a talent that you can use to bless mankind. Whatever is your talent, maybe music, maybe mechanics, maybe anything, if you can use it to bless all mankind. Okay? Now, please listen to this carefully as we wind up. Aptitude, if it wants to grow, has a capacity for learning. Aptitude comes either by the inherent quality or a learned ability. I don't come from a family of musicians, but I can still learn to play an instrument. Is okay? That's one example. All right? And by the way, Sarah didn't teach, did teach me how to do coloring. But I won't show you. Okay? Now, you need to understand here that the easy way to learn is just doing repetitively what you're already doing. Tell me, John, how, from which year old you have been playing music, whether it's a drums or guitar? How old were you started? Nine. I won't embarrass him. However old you are now. He's a great son. I said I do not want to embarrass him. However old you are now. I've been very diplomatic. 28. I like that spirit. So how many years, John? From 9 to 28? 19 years. So can you see him becoming even better and better and accurate? 
That's what aptitude does. Repetition is the mother of all learning. See, what we are talking about using our skill set is to excel. Excellence, you got the word excellence? Efficiency with effectiveness equals excellence. Efficiency is doing the right thing. Effectiveness is doing things right. So when you do the right thing and you do things right, there's only one result. It's called excellence. Okay? Having known the desire and the determination, let's come finally to destiny. Every destiny is God-ordained. Thus, all of us are not sitting in NASA. <laughs> okay, she's saying, thank God. Okay? No, we need to understand that. Because when you, when I was formed in my mother's womb, says the psalmist in Psalm 139, your fingers, they were fashioning me. And not only fashioning me, already they were predestining me for what purpose you have for me. Now, when you come to destiny, you need to understand that God has already worked out your future. Yeah. We need not work out our future. We need to get into that gap of knowing what is our call and come to the leadership and see how they're streamlining, develop our maturity in our desire and determination, and automatically we are already in destiny. Is, is that okay? You need not break your head to get into destiny. Yeah, yeah. And you have to notice what was Jesus' destiny? What was Jesus worked at? Luke 4:18. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to do, to preach, to release. And Jesus stuck to that. That was his destiny. Jesus already knew what Peter, James, and John will become. Jesus never looked at them when he picked them up, what they are, but what they will become, because he already knows their destiny. Yep. In like manner. Let's come to practical application. Yeah, God will speak directly to you, but God also will speak to you more often through the yep. apostolic father, through the apostolic, you know, minister or the pastor to you. And then you can discover your destiny. One note of warning, and I'll hand it back to Julian. Please be very careful. Don't keep your skill set, knowledge to yourself. Because it will become detrimental. It will die with you. You want to be like Jesus, you have to be holistic. In every area, you have to be like Jesus. Hey, guys, you will do greater work than me, said Jesus. They haven't even begun. These guys haven't even begun. They haven't even been released. The 12 guys have still not been released. 
But he said, you will do greater works than what I do. See, he said, whatever the Father taught me, I teach you. So may I encourage all of you who have whatever skill set, please share it with somebody else. Train other people. Because impart, if you don't impart, even that skill set will become rusty and it will depart from you. God help all of us here this morning. You can't be the person who's holding on to your skill set. Yes. Hey, listen, you and I cannot come to a point in the body of Christ where people make us indispensable. No, don't make yourself indispensable. It's not a healthy thing in the body of Christ. And when you share your skill set, did Jesus do it voluntarily? Yes or no? Yeah, he said, come guys, I'll teach you. So the same way to be like Jesus, we need to teach one another. I was happy this morning when Pastor Lynn was driving us, she was saying how Pastor Brian has gone for some computer classes. Hey, he's becoming savvy. Because somebody else is imparting to him. So if you have something... The membership for the FM. What, what is David trying to say? You come in, we will teach you. We will use you. You have volunteers already. One writing and the other one doing one way, once a week administration. All that is serving. And what you know, you please give it to others. Is that okay? Okay, please repeat after me. These three questions we will answer today. So you'll know your destiny very clear when you apply it. Who am I? Where am I? Why am I? I'll give you answer. I'm a person with a personality having potentials to fulfill purpose. I'm a person with a personality. Remember we said about uh, you know, attributes. I'm a person with a personality having potential skill set, aptitude to fulfill purpose. I release you in the name of Jesus this morning that you and I will be people with the desire, here have I come to do thy will, O God, with the determination to finish strong and to know the destiny, that every day I'm walking in the destiny. Thank you, sir.